Hey guys and girls, welcome, welcome to, to Single to Sealed. I'm Jerry, your host, and here with me is my co-host and wife, Brianna. As members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we have dedicated this podcast to helping fellow Christians navigate the treacherous waters of dating all the way to the winding roads of marriage. All are welcome in our podcast family, and we are so excited to have you here with us. Be sure to subscribe, follow, or favorite. Let's talk. Hey, S2S family. Welcome back for another Single to Sealed podcast episode. We are stoked to have you back listening to another episode. Thank you for joining us. Today, we've got some very exciting topics to cover. We are continuing on with episode four, stage number three of the relationship. Jerry, you want to tell them a little bit about what we're going to be covering today? Stage three of the relationship is time to DTR, which is defining the relationship. We all know this word. We all know this phrase, I guess I should say. (laughs) And uh, some people steer clear from it. Some people embrace it, but Mm -hmm. it's important. And so we're going to go over a little bit about what that means. But first talking about this, how do I know that it's time to talk about having a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Well, I would say that like we covered a little bit in our last episode, when you are feeling that you don't want to date anyone else, that you want to focus on this person and you really just want to focus all your time and energy in dating this one person, that would be time for you to DTR or take a moment, sit down with them, have an open discussion and talk about becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, what what is this stage meant to accomplish? in the first place, right? The purpose of boyfriend and girlfriend is to determine if this is the person that you want to end up with, you know, marriage-wise. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference then between dating and the label boyfriend and girlfriend, Jerry, if you were to break it down here for us? Why break, don't we just break, break, date? Down. <laughs> Why don't we just keep dating forever without the label? Well, a lot of people, I understand, want to avoid the label. You may have heard that tease or you may have even used the phrase uh why do we why do we have to put a label on it like i come on let's just like be happy with where we are well i'm going to tell you right now someone who doesn't want to put a label on the relationship is not committed that's very true and that's just as simple as that Mm -hmm. and in some senses that's a way of defining the relationship because you have to be with another person who's willing to say you are my boyfriend. You are my girlfriend. So that when you meet other people in public, they don't do the, oh, this is my friend. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you want the label. And if they said something else, it would hurt your feelings. You know, that's that's part of you feeling confident in your relationship. You need that label to help you feel um, happy with the situation that you're in. Help you feel um, supported and cared about by the other person. I think that's all the things that that label brings in. I also like to add, I think it's a display of commitment. You're really showing that you're committed to this person and you're ready to take that next step and show everyone else that you're committed to this person. It's not just anything casual anymore. And I think along with the show of commitment of becoming boyfriend and girlfriend, it is important to touch on the physical aspect of becoming boyfriend and girlfriend. I know we recommended in our last episode when you're dating to hold hands, to hug, but no kissing until you guys are officially boyfriend and girlfriend. So that means with that special label comes a little bit more physical implications as well. 
Now, we're not saying for you to go out and get all handsy and make out, but I think it is important to seal that deal a little bit with, with a kiss. And it is important to have that little bit of physical connection to rise up with that commitment. Yeah, I think especially with this time, you have to make sure that your mind is mentally prepared for that physical you know, leap. <laughs> you know, because when yeah. Brianna and I finally became boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, I didn't really want to hesitate. I really wanted to kiss her. Yeah, he kissed me 15 minutes after he asked me to be, be his girlfriend. <laughs> I did. And I think I, I used a really, really dumb... Like, Something about the moon. Yeah, I think. some dumb <laughs> analogy to talk about, like, how bad I wanted to kiss her. <laughs> trying to remember. I think it was like, like, do you see the moon up there? You see how pretty it is? Like, don't you just want to, like, embrace it? That's how I feel about you. <laughs> it was like it something, was something like that. Right and she just lines. looked at me with this face like, oh, my gosh. And I still do that to this day every time he says something <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> I, I like the cheese. But when I give the cheese, it's never serious. Like, it's it, it's designed to make her laugh. So in that moment, though, it wasn't. <laughs> it was really trying to be smooth, and it wasn't at all. It wasn't. And then I was like, all right, let's just kiss. And you were like, okay. <laughs> but it's okay, because he's cute. <laughs> yeah, I got my pack that night. So to sum it all up, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend is to determine if this person is your person. This person is the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And... That has to come with a show of commitment by labels and also by physicality with a kiss. Um, And also comes with showing that commitment with your time and your energy. Um, I think it's even more important to step up your game during the dating boyfriend and girlfriend phase with spending more time together and more quality and important time talking about things that are important to you. I always recommend, and I've read in a fantastic book called How to Avoid Falling in Love with a Jerk by John Van Epp. He talks about how you must date someone for three months to be able to see their personality. Because the first little while, you're both nervous, it's also new, everyone is always on their best behavior. So it is important once you've made that commitment and have that title of boyfriend and girlfriend that you date for at least about three months to really start to get to know someone and their personality and their quirks and how it fits with you. And we're not saying like, like if things go south that you have to stay committed for that three months. (laughs) No. That, that, that time frame that we're talking about is the amount of time before we talk about getting engaged. Exactly. So if things are going well, wait at least three months, please, before you talk about getting engaged. At least three months. Yes. And again, this is all our advice. Well, not just our advice. It's John Van Epp's <laughs> advice. And uh, yeah, John Epp and, and several other people, you know, will say that professionals will say that this is a good time window mm-hmm. um, before someone gets engaged. But, you know, if you feel that you need to go for it, then you go ahead and go for it. So I have a question for you, Jerry. When do you think it's time to say I love you? Do you say it during the dating? Do you say it during boyfriend and girlfriend? What do you think? Yeah, it's definitely not appropriate to say I love you to somebody when you're dating. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that just means that you've escalated to this, I'm pretty dang committed to you because you're probably not going to walk over and say I love you to every other girl that you're dating or every other guy that you're dating. You don't want to pull a Bachelor TV show type move. How can you really be in love with two people at the same time? Well, you know... I guess you can, like, to some degree. But when you say the words, you know, it 
I think that meaning has to belong to that individual and Mm -hmm. only that individual. Now, that being said, I don't understand why people are so freaked out by the words, I love you. People are so freaked out about it, like on TV and conversation, like thinking about just people can't even say I love you, like to say the L word. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this huge deal. And if somebody says it, it knocks the wind out of them. It ruins everything. Like in some situations, like, why would you say that? You know, and if someone wasn't prepared for it and it's like, I have a lot to process. I think we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of this idea that I love you is the most monumental thing mm-hmm. that you could say during this phase. Because I think there are different stages of loving somebody. Oh, definitely. Just to add on to what you're saying, Jerry. Jerry told me he loved me about two weeks in, I think, to us dating. And it kind of freaked me out, honestly, at first. But then what he told me was, I'm stage one falling in love with you. <laughs> yeah, and I kind of broke that down. I was just... I was just like, you know, like I I don't I don't know why people make some of these big stipulations about it. I was like, but you know, whatever that's the best way I could describe it. I was the first stage of being in love with her. I just mm-hmm. really loved I couldn't say like anymore. Like I loved being around her. I liked I loved, I guess I should say, how she made me feel. I loved how she listened to me and all these different things and so I was fine with telling her that I was stage one in love. And that's just something I was prepared for. And, like, when Brianna had heard that, she said she was freaked out. But she kind of responded with, like, oh, that's nice. Like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because she had that, I think, that stipulation around her of, oh, I need to be freaked out now because he said this. And later on, you know, Brianna had told me that she admitted, like, I think I wanted to say the same thing, too, but I was kind of scared. And, you know, going back... You kind of get in this weird position where you you see somebody like you just want to say the words like you just they just want to come out of your mouth. That's mm-hmm. when it's time to say I love you. Yeah. Like to be honest, that that's just what it is. You don't. There isn't a specific time frame or window. I just think once you've been boyfriend and girlfriend and you've been with them for a little while, or I guess even towards the beginning of that, how, yeah. however you're feeling, when the words want to come out of your mouth, that's the time to. You could even discuss it. It doesn't just have to be like I love you. well and i feel it it's kind of funny that we always push so hard honesty in relationships we're always like honesty is number one blah 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 blah. from the moment you date someone we're talking about how important honesty is but yet we tell people to hide how they feel when it comes to love and to not tell someone if they love them because they'll tell them too early so personally i say that you tell them when you feel it but like jerry talked about you should wait until you're at least boyfriend and girlfriend so you have that show of commitment and that also will tell you whether they're just as committed <laughs> to the relationship as you because they agreed to be boyfriend and girlfriend with you and so and if you really love the other person and they're not ready to say that that has to be respected yes like very much and so it would be in your best interest to try your best not to make them feel more uncomfortable about it and say okay you know i'm on your timetable you know how i feel now Mm-hmm. about you exactly and i'm not going to bring it up again and you know what if you feel that way about me whenever you do you, know, you can let me know and we can talk about it then because you know, obviously you're not going to bring it up again like i love you again <laughs> unless they're because you expect someone to say it back mm-hmm. right that's kind of a cultural thing i love you i love you too 
And so that would also be my advice is just be patient with the other person. But like Brianna said, I think that honesty and sharing that it's how you feel is good. Another important phase when becoming boyfriend and girlfriend is when should I meet the other person's parents? Yes. So meeting the parents, it can be difficult at times uh, for several reasons. Uh, it can be the timing. Does it need to be for a special occasion? Does it need to be, you know, just to come over and to chat and say, hi, this is my, this is my boyfriend or this is my girlfriend? What do I do in situations where my family's out of town? So my family's all from California. Brianna's family was in Utah. So um, the the only time that they were able to see her was over a casual FaceTime video and some kind of video call, Facebook call. Something like that was necessary so they could see who this girl was, you know, how she talked, how we looked together. And so definitely that stage needs to happen. Oh, 100%. It needs to happen. Before you get in too deep. Because when you marry someone, when you have a relationship with someone, you are also having a relationship and marrying the family. So if the mother-in-law hates you or something is really off about their family, whatever it may be, you need to vibe with the family, at least to some degree. Because you are going to be spending eternity with them if you get married to them in the temple. So I think it's very important that you meet the family early on in the dating relationship. I would say hopefully in the first few weeks of you guys becoming official that needs to happen in some form and you don't want somebody's parents to be a complete limiting factor to your love so we're not saying here that you know we're saying vibe with them we're not saying that the parents have to completely and utterly worship you know your hands and feet i'm sure we all know people who who uh, have gotten married and the spouse doesn't have a good relationship with the other person's family. And you have to decide if you're okay with dealing with that in your relationship so that that never feels like resentment or a burden in the in the future. You know what I'm saying, Brianna? I think that in-laws and family of your spouse is very important. And if there are huge issues there, you shouldn't just move ahead and marry them with huge issues being there. I know I have friends that have major issues with in-laws, and it causes a lot of drama and a lot of stress and a lot of heartache on their end. So I would just say tread lightly if that's the issue. Most people aren't going to have that issue. It's not a huge problem, but it is something to be aware of and something that you should definitely become aware of early on in the relationship. And like Jerry said, decide if that's something that you are willing to deal with because it's going to be a big part of your marriage. And that's just the truth of it. Sometimes their parents just can't get over you. And that may or may not change. (laughs) Exactly. So you need to be prepared for that possibly not to change. But (laughs) I think even if my parents, sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, (laughs) didn't like, like Brianna, I loved her. Like, I love so much about her. I knew who she was, and they know next to nothing, you know, about this person compared to what you know and feel about them. So to some degree, the in-laws also need to have patience and understanding and be more welcoming, you know, of somebody's potential partner because you don't want to disrespect your son. 
or your daughter and what happens when they say you know i've decided i want to bring this person to the family are you going to resent them you know for the entire time that some people do they're part of your family this is a topic for a whole episode so just to summarize what we were talking about definitely meet the parents definitely meet them early on in the relationship in the dating relationship besides just meeting the family we always have the question does it need to be Facebook official? Do you need to profess your love and show your boyfriend or girlfriend on social media? What do you think, Jerry? I think it's good for people to show that you're in a relationship. I think it's good for people to see you take pictures with somebody, for you to make comments about them and tag them in posts, and you could even say how great they are. But for some reason, just like uh, the status just seems like a flex. Like, I don't want to see people like flexing that they found a relationship. Especially when it gets from, like, in a relationship to, like, engaged. Because as soon as you're posting that one, everyone's excited. And then sometimes you're you're following this relationship. You want to know what happens next. And then, like, at the snap of a finger, everything's gone. There's There's no more comments about it in case something happens where an engagement breaks off. It, it allows, basically, a comfort for you to not further damage any like depression or hard times you're having with relationships that just don't work out. I think it's good to not have to answer to anybody because you don't want to have to talk about it if things don't work out. Again, like most of the times we get in relationships, they're for hoping that they all work out. But in case they don't, that's just my personal opinion. And I just feel that takes the joy out of it. I mean, I like, I like getting to, I don't know, just be excited and get my friends and family excited on stuff like that. So I have a little bit different opinion. Of course, this is very unique. There is no right or wrong answer. The only wrong answer I feel like is those couples that are constantly, constantly talking about their significant other on social media. So I think it's just important to post if you're going to, but limited, you know, you can post that you guys are dating, you can post a couple cute pictures, but when your social media just becomes an absolute 100% love letter to your boyfriend or someone you're just dating I think that's a little bit unhealthy and it does make things more complicated when things break off because most dating and boyfriend relationships don't always last now when you're engaged and when you're married it's a little bit different because you guys have stepped and made that commitment and you're pretty much together now um I know a lot of my posts are about Jerry now but we're also married so (laughs) it's a little bit different we're family now But uh, when you're dating and boyfriend and girlfriend, I definitely think it's okay to limit yourself. Or like Jerry said, don't even post at all, really. But I do think it's cute when you see, you know, a post that's that's showing that you're committed to this person. And you're showing it not just to each other, but to the world and your circle of friends. I think that's very sweet. Moving on. Do you have anything else to add about that, Jerry, before I move on? Um, Yeah, I I just wanted to make sure that. I feel like what I was saying kind of almost felt negative, like really negative, and I don't want it to feel really negative. This is coming from the perspective of somebody who I feel is pretty pretty private about a lot of things that I do, you know, and that's coming from the introvert side of me. And so if you're someone like me, you're going to feel more comfortable just enjoying your relationship and just keeping it off the internet, like... For Brianna, I never posted that I was in a relationship. I never posted I was engaged. And, you know, I talked about her sometimes. But when the time came that we were married, I posted that I was married. And I showed the picture and I was like, hooray! Like, there's no backlash from that. (laughs) You know, and I I like that feeling of 
you know, having some pictures of her. But I also give him a really hard time because even to this day, I think he has like three pictures of me total on his social media. <laughs> so we have like two very different sides to this. And we're even as a married couple, we still we still have a little back and forth on social media and like posting. So but you're getting two very opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> but that's the need for social media part of Brianna. She's a lot more involved in social media I than, than I am. Whereas me, like, I don't care. I have an Instagram. You could look me up. My last picture was from like a year ago. <laughs> it's I, true. I just don't really care about social media. I'm in it for the memes, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's a more personal, personal <laughs> topic. <laughs> but I think the moral of the story is if social media is important to you, do it. Just be careful. Tread lightly. Don't overdo it. But do it. If it's not important to you and you really don't want to do it, don't feel obligated to do it. Yeah, you're going to find that the topic of... a lot of, of do-its right there. <laughs> you're going to find that the topic of social media is always tread lightly <laughs> with our That's advice. True. I mean, that was with stalking. That was with this concept as well. It's always about moderation and you know limiting your use, but still using it, the platform, for what it's for. Yep. And I think that you, you can't really go wrong with that. I don't think so either. One thing I think we can go wrong with is not having the right discussions in a dating boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. Mm, which is something we want to... Thank you. Something we want to touch on very heavily at the end of this podcast right now. You should be having these important discussions before you become boyfriend and girlfriend. But if you've made it this far and you're officially boyfriend and girlfriend, now is crunch time. Now is the time to have discussions around the things that are most important to you. For example, how many kids do you want? Where do you want to live? Um, what kind of career are you planning on having and how will that affect your relationship or your potential spouse's career around yours? Um, what are their plans? If it's a woman, does she plan to stay home with the kids? Do you want your wife to stay home with the kids? Do you want your wife to work? How do you want that dynam dynamic to be? All of these conversations are very important to be having. I mean, Jerry and I talked about kids and how many we wanted. I think it was our second or third date, right? It was the second date. Yeah. And I kind of recommend you have these conversations more early on before you make that decision to commit because you want to know if you're even on the same playing field. But like I said, if you haven't had these important conversations yet, you need to have them during this stage. Yeah, and... You know, when you bring these up, you know, just bring it up in casual conversation. Don't make it weird like, you know, when we have kids. Like, don't say it like that. <laughs> you know, as just a conversation topic, it can be like, you know, what was your family like? You know, how many how many kids do you want to have someday? And uh, Brianna almost broke up with me. <laughs> I did. <laughs> on our second date. Yeah. You know, because of that. And, uh, you know, she gave me a number that she wanted. I gave her a number and my number wasn't hers. Well, let me correct this. It wasn't. Okay, on our second date, I asked him how many kids he wanted. He said four to six. I said that was fine. In my mind, though, I knew that I wanted more. And so I still continued the relationship with him. And we actually became boyfriend and girlfriend. And we brought the topic up again. And I told him, I'm sorry, Jerry. I actually did lie to you about something in the beginning of our relationship. I don't want just four kids. I was like, I want something more like 10 is what I told him, 10 to 12. And we had like a major discussion about that. And we had already been boyfriend and girlfriend for a little while. And honestly, I almost broke up with him, like he said. 
because that was such a big factor in what I wanted for my future. So I don't recommend that you do that. That was <laughs> that was a little bit of a live and learn moment that I'm passing on to you. Don't wait that long to have those big conversations because we already had a lot of feelings involved. And if he would have told me, you know, I'm not going to be flexible on my four to six kids, I want cap six kids. That would have been a major problem. And it would have caused a lot of heartbreak, I think, between us. And we probably wouldn't have continued on. So it is very important that you talk about these things early in the relationship. And that you hold your word to that. Yes. It's important that you don't just meet somebody's standards because you want to continue on with the relationship. Mm-hmm. Because that that's just something that you're going to crazy resent later exactly. on. Like, you can't... If Brianna... W- when When she told me that, I said... You know, I'm open. I'm open to that. And uh, let's just take it one kid at a time and see how we feel, is what I said. And Brandon said, okay, I can I can agree with that. But it was under the stipulation of, you know, I'm okay if we reach that number. Yes. As long as we agree together one step at a time, you know. So that's how I handled it. And I love this thing that we learned um, early on in our marriage. It was unvoiced expectations always lead to resentment. And that can apply to a lot of aspects of a relationship, but it also does apply to this. If you never voice your expectations of a person in your relationship, in your marriage, with your family, if you never voice those, you will always resent them for not being able to live up to those expectations. So it is important to start that pattern early in dating of voicing what you expect from the other person, Um, of course, in a nice and loving way, but it's important to stand your ground on things in your personality and in your goals that are what I call rocks or boulders in what you want that are unmovable, unchangeable, and will always be. For me, having a large family was a large boulder in my personality that was not budging. And that was important for me to have the discussion. You need to think about what is your immovable thing or things, and you need to make sure you discuss those with the person you're dating, 100%. And that kind of goes along with the idea of a uh, a list, like a dating yep. list. There are several people out there, you know, who will sit down and put this list of twenty things that that your potential partner has to have. <laughs> it's not a good idea. No. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Extremely limiting to the many great people that are out there that you know could make you really happy. But um, you know, for example, things that shouldn't be on that list is you know their their hair color, their skin color. You know, I feel like that's very limiting to you. The things that should be more unmovable, again, are very, very serious, like life-altering decisions. Again, like the kids. Or, for example, when I met Brianna, I was uh, a year ahead of her in school, year and a half almost. And I said, you know, it's very likely that when I'm done here, I'm going to want to go to physical therapy school. And we're going to be leaving Utah. And how would you handle that? And like, Would you stop going to school here and come with me? Would you stay here and I go somewhere else and we'll meet up in a year? You know, that's that's a big deal. You know, Definitely. so it was it was really important that we reached that decision so later on, you know, there wouldn't be hard feelings, you know, about that. The same thing is where you want to live. That's kind of iffy on, you know, how important that is. Because again, like if you're if you're you know, deeply in love and you know that the home is where the heart is and know where your family is, then it really isn't that important where your family's going to end up. Again, Brandon and I, 
never would have thought that we were going to end up in Indiana. <laughs> never. Indiana was not like on our list of where we wanted to go. We thought for sure we'd be more on the West Coast. And later on, we may be. But right now, like we're happy in our little spot, you know, with our family and what we have because we have each other. Exactly. And just to kind of recap, to close this episode, this time of dating as a boyfriend and girlfriend is very important in preparing you to take that step of final commitment and get sealed and get married. So really take this time to get to know if this person is your person. Do you have to put a label on it? Yes, you do. Does it have to be Facebook official, Instagram official? No, it does not. This is something that I feel like you all should also... This is something that I feel like you all should... This is something that I feel like you also should discuss with your partner or your significant other if they want it to be on social media. Right, Jerry? Yeah, and that's another thing we didn't even talk about. Like, you know, if you're going to put it out there and the other person doesn't, are you going to be like, man, he doesn't even care about me because, (laughs) you know, he didn't do this. Like, is it going to be, is it going to hurt your feelings? Maybe they don't want that to be out there because, again, as soon as you put that, Everyone's going to click on the other person's name anyways and start stalking the person. <laughs> you know that's what you guys do. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, also, once you say I love you, you should say I love you when you feel ready, when you feel like you love them. Don't hold back. Don't lie. Don't disguise feelings. Be honest with them. That's why you're in this relationship. Honesty, openness always wins. You should definitely meet the parents early on. And you should definitely have open discussions about the things that are most important to you and most important in your future family and marriage and relationship with this person. Remember, unvoiced expectations always lead to resentment. Write that down, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's uh, definitely a good saying that we've adapted over time and I think definitely true. Just for anything, arguments, just, you know, if if you're not very straightforward about what you want don't expect someone to just understand it don't expect them to read your minds especially women i'm talking to you yeah i know we have a bad track record of thinking guys should just know why we're mad or when we're mad or what we want from them and it's not always the case yeah and that doesn't mean we're not attentive to your feelings just we we honestly can be oblivious to (laughs) a lot of things (laughs) yes they can (laughs) (laughs) despite us us thinking that we know what's going on It's not always the case, so cut us some slack. (laughs) I did want to also add one last thing right before we close this podcast. Jerry and I did something really great that I really loved when we started dating as boyfriend and girlfriend is we would uh, read the scriptures together and also pray together. Now, I don't know if we did this every night. My memory is a little fuzzy. Jerry might have to fill in here. But we did it frequently enough, and it was really bonding for us spiritually to have those moments together where we were both able to spiritually uplift one another and learn things together about the scriptures and discuss gospel topics. Because you have to remember, when we're dating, we're not just planning a marriage between two people. It's also with us and God. And it's important to include him in this process. Would you agree, Jerry? Oh, I definitely agree. I think that kind of, I kind of wish we talked about that a little bit more, but yeah. <laughs> we didn't. So I guess we'll bring it up a little bit right now is as as important it is to understand someone's physical and emotional side it's important to understand their spiritual side because you know if you're if you're going to expect someone to have this testimony and and be strong and faithfully reading the scriptures every day and and praying daily that's something you should already see them doing 
And that's already something that, you know, conversations about church-related things you guys should already be having. And that's something you should be doing yourself, too. You can expect someone that you're dating to be doing it and you not be doing it yourself. So it is a good way to grow together spiritually by doing it together. Yes, definitely agree. And that's not to say that you guys aren't, like, everyone's perfect at it right now. (laughs) But it gives you a chance to uplift each other and say, let's do better. And that's something you can definitely carry into your marriage. There's a whole lot of let's let's help each other be better. Exactly. Let's rise together. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to wrap up today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in again. And we hope that you guys were able to take away some things that will be positive and helpful for your life. So go out there and meet some people. Woo! On our next podcast, we will be talking about the engagement period. How do we know it's time to be engaged? What does that time period represent? Why is it important to us? We'll talk about it. If you enjoy Single to Sealed, be sure to invite your friends to help our podcast family grow. If you haven't subscribed, followed, or favorited, be sure you do so you don't miss out on any of our great content. Thank you for joining us today as we help you move one step closer to sealing the deal. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.